talk about an apostolic culture. <clears throat> and immediately, uh, our minds go to the term apostle, and we think this isn't for me. So let's tune it out. But I'm going to show you this morning that's not true. Right. It's for us. We bring you greetings from Denver. Yep. Church is doing well there. Kyle Embry's there today. So if we hear a shaking and a noise coming from the north, <laughs> it's the church in Denver. Continue to pray for the church there. Continue to pray for Karen and I that uh, we have the strength and the wisdom to do everything that needs to be done up there. Uh, open your Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to walk you through some things. I want to say I like what's going on around here. I wasn't here last week to vote. Uh, I did send my vote in in the mail or by, by text. But um, fire life, I like that. I like that. That's, uh, that's prophetic. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, everybody say, My name. My they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Let me stop to say, God never intended for us to handle snakes. And if we have a snake handling service, I won't be here. Or I'll bring my shotgun. The only good snake is a dead snake. And if you like snakes, I feel sorry for you. <clears throat> In those days, there were, there were a lot of snakes around. And, and the Apostle Paul, if you remember, on the island was just gathering wood and a deadly viper attached itself to him. He just shook it off in the fire and moved on. That scripture was fulfilled right there. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Look back at Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16. The eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they, were, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, <clears throat> even to the end of the age. The term apostle is often referred to as a Greek word, meaning sent one. However, it's not originally a Greek word. The term apostle comes from the Romans. And uh, the apostle was once sent by Caesar to a city they had just conquered or an area they had just conquered. And his purpose was to bring the culture of Rome to that city. You get this? Yes. His job was to influence that city toward Roman culture. He was to deal with leadership. He was to deal with the public. He was to do everything he could to bring Rome to that situation. I think it's interesting 
then we are apostles of heaven. And our job is to bring the culture of heaven to this earth. <clears throat> I think it's interesting, and it's a proper way to look at it today. Mostly an apostle is referred to as a person of authority and power and elevated to a place of leadership. We often think an apostle is a title we give someone that is a title of honor, a title of respect, and a title of authority. But the, the apostolic culture is something that every one of us are involved in. We've been called by God Amen. to be involved in it. Yes. For us to have a culture of the apostolic, we have to look at the divine call of God to use whatever influence we can muster to point souls to Christ and to accept the challenge of changing our culture. Yes. We live in a very evil day today. Amen. Everywhere we look around us, there's evil. It's almost overwhelming when we see the evil. And we can either curse the darkness or we can light a candle. And you and I are to be that candle. Amen. And the apostolic anointing is not for men with credentials or women. It's not for a man who's suddenly been elevated by a title to a certain position. I have a problem with a person who labels himself, themselves an apostle. I think it's something that we all should label ourselves to some degree. But let the Holy Spirit lead us and label us in that. I don't want the term apostle just so people look at you and go, wow, he's holy, he's righteous, he's this, he's that. The term apostle means I am been sent by God to change the culture where I live. On my job, in my neighborhood, wherever I'm at, I have been called and chosen by God. And look at your neighbor and say, That's talk, he's talking about you. That's you. An apostolic church, and I want to speak a few things here to you this morning, and I, I just encourage you to take notes. An apostolic church is not a church, number one, that is totally focused on itself. The vast majority of our churches today only care about us. We want the programs we want in the church. Now then, I'm not pastor here anymore. I'm just kind of the overseer of the house. But I can say what I want and go to Denver next week. <laughs> Jared can clean up the mess. <laughs> so I'm going to be very plain to you this morning. Our church has not been called so that you and I can have a great little social club here and enjoy the presence of God and worship uh, on Sunday mornings and just be thrilled with the life that God has given us. But we have been chosen and called by God not to be introspective, but to look outward. An apostolic culture is always looking beyond what is here. It's always thinking about someone else, something else, another movement, another change. It's always thinking about some other way to reach and touch our public for the cause of Jesus Christ. We cannot be self-focused and fulfill the will and the commission of Almighty God. Are you listening? Yes. And most of our churches today are self-focused. We argue about the kind of music. Now, we've gone way beyond that in this house. We argue about how you should dress. There's some churches today that they don't care how you dress. There's some that you better show up with a tie. I, I'm kind of glad we've relaxed a little bit of that. I haven't worn a tie in weeks, months. And furthermore... I don't want to wear a tie. <laughs> Some places you go, 
Everything has to be structured the way we've always done it. As a matter of fact, if God doesn't move the way we've always seen him move, then he must not be moving today. We must have missed God. But what's happening, we've become very selfish people. It's the culture of the age we live in around us. Self-centered. What, what I want. Well, he's not my president. Well, I'm just going to protest. I think I'll burn a car or two. Come on. And, and, and vice versa. You know, we, we fuss and fight over things that really don't matter. And in the church today, God is calling us to look beyond who we are right here. We should be thinking, who can I find to fill that empty chair beside me? Who can I find to influence for the cause of Christ? Maybe it's a neighbor that you can't hardly stand. They're loud all the time. They make noises. They carry on. Their dog comes over and poops in your yard. All these things that you don't like. I'm sorry, that was a Greek word just came out. And, and, and we think, I don't want anything to do with them. But maybe God has called and chosen and placed you there to be a culture changer. I remember as a child, uh, a young, young kid, that we had a neighbor that didn't like us. And she made no bones about it. She complained to my parents all the time. And my mama says, we're going to win that lady. So mama started making her stuff. You know, cooking, she'd take her a pie or something. Before long, that old woman was bringing us stuff. And she got to where she liked us. Why? Because we look beyond our fence. <laughs> I like that old western song from 50 years ago, Don't Fence Me In. The people of God should never be fenced in. Yeah. The people of God should never be thinking about their own preferences or what they want. But an, an apostolic culture looks beyond itself. An apostolic culture looks beyond its own preferences. An apostolic church operates by faith and not by sight. We see things that others do not see. We operate in a spiritual realm. Now, don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Amen. You know, you've met some of those. Yeah. Holy Joes, <laughs> St. Susie's, you've met them. God intends for us to be righteous, holy, and above reproach. Yeah. But at the same time, we do not see what others see. Our sight moves beyond what others see. Yeah. Norma Gonzalez is here from Argentina. Norma has served in Africa. She served in South America. She served all over America. She served in two or three other places as a single woman. Did you know Norma was an atheist? She had a kiosk in, in a mall, and she didn't believe in God at all. And a person kept coming by and witnessing to her until they wanted to Jesus Christ. And Norma came out of her shell, and she's been all over the world, touching hearts and touching lives for the cause of Christ. Isn't that awesome? That's apostolic culture in action. Amen? We live by faith, not by sight. We do things that other people don't see. They don't do it. We can't see this. We can't, we can't recognize that. But because we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, we attempt things that others would not attempt in themselves. Why? We operate by Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. You don't have faith if you don't see some evidence. Well, you got quiet there. So we're a culture that sees things that others do not see. We're our culture that focuses on the impossible. Why do we pray for the sick? Do we think doctors can't cure them? Well, a lot of times they can't. We pray for the sick because Jesus told us to. And Jesus told us in the two scriptures I read to you that if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's a promise from God. So we don't care how impossible the situation is. A friend of mine called me, John Wiley Price Jr., called me this week. And John pastors a great church over in West Dallas. And he said, i got to tell you a testimony that happened. So we had two girls in the church that had been diagnosed with uh, scoliosis. So the doctors were concerned. He diagnosed them. So we prayed for them last Sunday. Their mama took them back in for a checkup, and the doctor said the scoliosis is all gone. Awesome. Now, scoliosis doesn't go away. Come on. That's awesome. Praise God. But because we prayed, God touched and healed them. Amen. We can tell testimonies the rest of the day of how we prayed and God heard us and touched somebody and changed their life. Why? Because we're a culture that's reaching beyond the impossible. Amen. Don't limit God to your own limitations. Amen. And don't limit yourself to your own limitations. Amen. If God be for you, who can be against you? And if God operates inside of you, with man it may be impossible, but with God all things are. Somebody say all. all. Come on. Does that mean all? All, all things are possible. So you see, you share in that apostolic culture, and we want that in this house. Uh, an, uh, an apostolic church is a church that's willing to sacrifice for the good of the kingdom. You know what disturbs me a little bit in our nation today, and I, I don't know that I disagree with a lot of things that are happening governmentally, but one of the things that really disturbs me is that we're turning inward. Well, we better take care of us. Better take care of us. One of the reasons God has blessed this nation is because we've always reached out to others. Now, I'm not advocating today we lower the borders. I'm not advocating we continue some of the things we do today. And this is not about politics, friend. Listen to me. But I am saying we as a nation cannot tighten up. Well, God says it like this. If I close up my bowels of compassion, how dwelleth the love of God inside of me? And we as a church cannot afford to close up our bowels of compassion. We must allow God to function through us and love through us. There's an old song that we used to sing years ago. My hands were made to work for God. My feet were made to walk in his kingdom. My voice was made, my lips were made to proclaim what God is capable of doing. And so we must be willing to sacrifice for the sake of kingdom. That's why we give to missions. Could I do something else with the money? Of course I could. But I have to continue to take what resources I can use and expand them to the kingdom of God. What we can do in other nations is amazing. Someday when we all stand before the 
that when God begins to judge us and, and begins to reward us for the works we've done, we're going to see multiplied thousands of souls that have been touched and changed because you gave a dollar every week or because you gave $50 a month or $100 a month. And it enables someone to bring this apostolic culture where they were. Hmm. You see, our goal in missions is to create indigenous churches. What we're trying to do is raise leadership that's local because they know the culture, they know the people. And so we go in and we invest time and money and energy into trying to change the culture. Yes. The Apostle Paul would go into a city. He would go down to where the women were washing clothes. He would go down to the temple where people were talking or debating. He would find a public arena and he would begin to exert his influence in that public arena. Many times it was just the women of the city. Many times they believed, and as a result, they began to bring others into the kingdom. The Apostle Paul fought demons and devils everywhere he went because he was changing the culture of that city around him. Wow. We think it's impossible to change the culture of our city. That's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And we must allow ourselves to invest whatever it takes to change our culture that's around us. We cannot become complacent and nearsighted. Amen? Amen. Is this helping anybody this morning? Yes. Are you getting this? Yep. An apostolic church is a church that's willing to embrace God's ability to use common men and women to accomplish tasks that are beyond our abilities. Huh. Look at somebody and say, I've been called by God. Do we believe that? Do we honestly believe that? Do we believe that the Almighty who created the universe, who spoke and everything we see came into existence, do we believe that He chose us and He called us and we're like Esther, we've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this? Do we believe God can use us in our frailties and our weaknesses? We all have them. None are perfect, the Bible tells me. Not one, none of us. We have all sinned and come short yes. of the glory of God. Right. We are humanity. <laughs> and that's not always good. We have good habits, bad habits. We got stinking thinking, good thinking. But God says, I'm going to choose you to help change the culture around you. And whom God calls, he qualifies. Yes. Now look at somebody and say, I'm qualified to represent God. An apostolic church is a church that's reaching beyond its boundaries. Why am I in Denver every other weekend? Because I needed something to do? It is cooler there. It was real cold this week there. Am I there because I need something else to do? I'm tired of going to Denver, if you want to know the truth. It's only an hour and 35 minute flight, but it seems like eternity sometimes. Uh, and if you drive it, it is eternity. <laughs> We're there because God called us and chose us. And our influence is touching a group of people that wouldn't be touched otherwise. They say, oh, they'll find a church, they'll find a place. But God chose us 
to go to that place. So we look beyond our boundaries. Can I tell you, an apostolic culture church is always thinking, where can we plant another church? Where can we touch another group of people? Where can, and I, it's in my heart, and, and Pastor Jerry knows this, it's in my heart to plant churches in major cities across America that are struggling. Look at Detroit. It's falling apart. The economy there is terrible. The, the, the ethnicities are at each other's throat. It's the businesses there have fallen off. They're literally like ghost towns in certain neighborhoods and areas around. Why wouldn't God want a thriving church there that's apostolic in nature, that comes to begin to change and transform the culture around it? I believe someday we're going to have a part in planting something in Detroit. Well, I didn't. that's not in my notes. But I believe that. And there's several other cities God's spoken to me about. I believe God's going to make it possible, possible, to find people. Here's the plan that God's shown me, that I'm to find, I'm to go pray over the area for a few days. And as I prayed, God, this is what Paul did. Paul came in, he prayed, and God led him to somebody. And I believe God's going to lead me to somebody. A friend of mine is going back to Africa. He was in Lagos. And God spoke to him that he wanted him to plant a church in Lagos. He meets one person. This one person says, look, I've got a carport out there. I believe in Jesus. And if you'll come and start a church under my carport, then we'll have church. So he starts under the carport. The first Sunday, he had 25. The next Sunday, he had like 50. The next Sunday, he had almost 100. And this has only been the fourth week. They had over 200 and some odd in the last meeting. Why? Because he found somebody that came into agreement with his spirit and said, let's change the culture of this neighborhood where we are. You and I have been called and chosen by God to be that very person. And if I can't be that person, I'm going to help finance somebody who can be that person. Somebody say amen. A church that's apostolic in its culture is always missions-minded. I remember a number of years ago when this church gave almost a half a million dollars in one year to missions. See, that was back in the good old days. Yeah. I, I want to see that again. You say, we can't give a half a million dollars. Well, that means we've got to grow. And, a, and a, an apostolic culture thinking church is going to grow. Right. We cannot remain the same. Right. Amen. We've not been called by God to sit. Amen. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, some of us have been sitting so long, our rear ends have gone to sleep. <laughs> it gives new meaning to the term dead end. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 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 that was the anointing. It just kind of sneaks up on me sometimes. An apostolic culture church is a church that's fearless. Amen. Has God spoken to us a number of times this morning about fear? Always remember, fear never comes from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Wow. We cannot operate in fear. Well, I would give to missions this week, but I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to buy gas for my car. That's operating fear. Yeah. 
God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of sound mind. Can I tell you, God can actually multiply the gas in your car. Yes, he can. We've seen it happen. My grandfather literally poured water, water in the gas tank, prayed over it, and drove it. Come on. I remember my dad praying many times, God, you know I don't have the money to buy gas. Would you keep us enough gas till I get enough money? And it always happened. You see, when Elijah, Elijah came to the widow, there was only enough oil and flour for them a cake. And he yeah. says, make me the cake first. You see, an apostolic culture church is fierce. It makes the cake first. Gives it to the man of God. And from then on, until the famine broke, there was always enough there for the three of them to eat. I don't know how oil multiplies. I don't know how flour multiplies. I don't know how Jesus took fish and bread in his hands and broke it and fed 5,000. I, all I know is God can do anything. And if I am fearless, then I attempt the impossible. I attempt the impossible. Amen? An apostolic church is a church that allows God-given gifts to function without restrictions. It isn't just tongues and interpretations every now and then a service. Or a prophetic word in a service. Thank God for the prophetic word we yes, have in that. It's more than that. God's given you gifts that are more than just a spiritual gift. He's given you natural gifts. You, some of you have abilities to relate to people that others don't have. Some of you have abilities to do creative things that others don't have. And God has called and chosen you and brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. There should never be lack in God's house where the apostolic culture is functioning. If we need people who know how to do video, God has them in the house. We just got to stir them up. Amen? If we need people that know how to, how to do accounting, God always has them available. Whatever the need is, I'm convinced God places it in the house. And you and I must be fearless in how we see it, and we must allow those gifts to function in their own natural way, in their own natural... You know, sometimes we pastors, we try to shape a person's gift. Most of the time, we just need to bless it and get it out of the way. Yeah, come on. Amen? Amen. Who can be involved in this apostolic culture? All of us. Say it, all of us. All of us. <clears throat> of course, there are men and women who have special cause and special anointings on their life. They have ability to lead and inspire. That's definitely God-given. However, every person in the sound of my voice can enter into the culture of the apostolic by determining we're going to be influencers wherever we are planted. Yeah. Don't make the title so sacred that only a few can do it. Right. Yeah. Come on. It's helping anybody this morning. In our religious culture, we've made the title so big and sacred that you have to be able to call fire down out of heaven to be an apostle. I think there are many, many apostles. I think everybody here is called to walk in apostolic anointing. 
Because God chose you. And if God chose you, he qualifies you. And if God chose you, he'll make a way for you. And if God chose you, your gifts will work and function in his plan. And if God chose you, he will open doors that no man can close. And if God has chosen you, then step up and do the job. Amen. <laughs> we are like Esther. We've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. It's imperative that we learn to walk following the leading of the Holy Spirit today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Because there are many apostolic deeds that are done that will never be touted from a pulpit. Mm -hmm. sure. God spoke to somebody's heart and somebody's spirit. They obeyed. Mm -hmm. And it changed a person <coughs> who changed a family who changed the neighborhood, who changed the people on their job, who changed this and changed that, and it began to snowball effect. What seems difficult to man is easy for God. Come on. Yeah. Are you out there? Our culture today is being manipulated by spirits of darkness and of evil. Satan has placed his emissaries in high places. It's our job to pull those down. You say, I work on a job that's evil. Then change it. I don't have the ability. Yeah, no, you don't have the ability to change it. But greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Our God through us can so impact and touch life. You say, I'm afraid I'll be laughed at. Who cares? I'm afraid somebody will talk about me. What you'll discover is there are hurting people everywhere you look. And when they can find someone who's real and full of God and full of the Holy Ghost, they will open up and God will touch and change their lives. That's walking in an apostolic culture. Come on. I pray that in this house, the apostolic culture doesn't allow only leadership to flow in the apostolic. But I challenge you to move and flow in the apostolic. Oh, Pastor, I've never heard this before. It's obvious we don't hear it because we don't function in it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And the church of Jesus Christ was literally expanded by people led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Look at the book of Acts. There's a reason that the book of Acts doesn't have a conclusion. <laughs> it's still being written today. Yeah. When God calls a layman by the name of Philip and literally calls him into Samaria. And then when he goes to Samaria, they have a tremendous revival. The whole city's touched by him. And then God lifts him in the spirit. I'm talking about literal transportation. And he finds himself in the desert. And he talks to an Ethiopian man. One man from Ethiopia. He changes his life and baptizing him. If you trace history back, that one man goes back, he serves in the king or the queen's court, and he goes back and begins to influence Ethiopia for the cause of Christ. It happened because a layman named Philip was led by the Holy Ghost. Come on. He left a successful revival to go talk to one man who literally touched a nation. 
Bible was filled with those. Peter and John go to pray. Yeah, but they were apostles. Well, Jesus called them disciples, but they were called them anything. And when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they started acting apostolic. Are you here this morning? Yeah. And they go to the gate beautiful. The man begs. Peter said, silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he lifts him to his feet. And the man is instantly healed. The Bible says straight flowed into his ankles and feet. And he stood to his feet. And here's a man who never walked that begins to dance and run and jump. And we all know that you got to learn how to walk. We remember when our kids started learning how to walk. He didn't learn how to walk. He was healed and he walked. Because a man of God says, I don't have anything to help you. But I know who does. Yeah. Yeah. See, you and I cannot be intimidated by titles, intimidated by preconceived notions and ideas. Yeah. <clears throat> we have to follow the spirit of the living God. Amen. At 4 o'clock this morning, I'm typing my notes. The spirit of God begins to speak to me. And he said, I want to move my church past titles. I want my church to begin to flow in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If I flow in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, then I'm apostolic in my culture. So I go to my job, and I hear someone's going through problems. And I say, would you mind if I pray for you? I've never had anybody say, no, I don't want you praying for me. Right, right, right. So you pray. God hears. God answers. God begins to show you things you hadn't seen before. But more importantly, God begins to show them that he's real. Yes. You and I must believe that he is. Right. And that he is the reward of those who diligently yeah. seek him. Yeah. We must believe that our God's on the throne of glory. We must believe that our God goes before us and make yes. the crooked path straight. Right. We must believe that the call and the anointing upon our lives is there to destroy yokes. Not break them. Destroy, destroy yokes. Yeah. So, it's possible that every person in this building are listening to me wherever. You can walk in the apostolic. Let's create a culture that's apostolic. Let's create a culture that people walk into the building and they're just healed during worship time. Yeah, come on. Chains fall off during worship time. When we pray for each other, Miracles start happening. Why? Because we're all gifted. Look at your neighbor and say, you're gifted. We're all gifted by God. We're all gifted by God. So, God has raised us up at this day and age to counter the evil culture around us. It's like a, a fighter who goes into the ring and he begins to study his opponent. And he recognizes that every time his opponent throws a jab, he drops his right hand. And so he waits for that jab, yeah. and then he counter punches. Yeah. 
You and I have been called to counterpunch what the enemy's doing. Quit letting the homosexual agenda have its way. Come on. Come on. I, that's worth an amen right there. Stop allowing drugs and alcohol. I, I fear that when we can't control something in this nation, we just make it legal. Because it's easier to tax it and we get the money off of it. You go to Denver, on every corner there almost, there's a, a pot store. Yeah. And they're even saying we'll allow you to do it in restaurants and open places. Because they couldn't deal with the problem, they just succumbed to the problem. Legalize it. So what we have to do is say, look, the enemy's strong. Don't, don't belittle the enemy. He's strong, powerful, but nothing like our God. And we must recognize that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God has not called us to failure. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Pulling down strongholds, casting down every thought and vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. That's our job. Look at somebody say, it's my job. So, I have to learn to live and think in an apostolic way. Well, that's just for Benny Hinn. Or this one. This one. Bill Johnson. This one. This one. No, it's for you. Come on. For me. The great gifts of God are not hidden from men. They're hidden for men. And you and I have been called and chosen by God. And you say, well, I'm a woman. What can I do? God made no difference in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit between men and women. Amen. Amen. And he says, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all, everybody say, all flesh. So ladies, come on, rise up and start acting in the apostolic. Start walking in the apostolic. Start thinking in the apostolic. Make your home a culture of the apostolic. Make your walk a culture of the apostolic. Make this house a culture of the apostolic where anything is possible, where anything may happen, where we touch and change our community around us. We cannot call ourselves apostolic if we stay the same week after week after week after week. We've been called and chosen by God to touch and change the culture that is around us. Amen. So do it. Do it. In your daycare, pray over those babies. I know. We, we watch I know. And and we pray over those babies. And we say, we don't know what mamas and daddies are doing, but we're going to do something about changing these babies' lives. We teach them Jesus. On your job, everybody's cussing, telling dirty stories. Come on. Listen to that. Start praising Jesus. Start being used by God. Would you stand with me? I learned a long time ago when I'm through, I'm through.